Hey everyone, you are listening to We Radio with your co-host Bishar and, and your anchor and Jose here. It is the 29th of September 2020 and you are listening to another program that is jam-packed. We are affiliated with the Voice of Turkey. I'd like to mention that as well. So today's a bright and sunny Tuesday and we have an amazing guest and an amazing program lined up with, I'm going to call you my co-host today. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think I'm officially a co-host. I come here and there, surprise everyone. But whilst you mentioned the weather, I'm looking forward to the long weekend. Yeah. We are looking at 30 plus degrees How and exciting. sunny as well. So, Do you have anything planned? Not really. Just I, I just want to go outside and enjoy the outdoors. Soak up the sun? Yeah, exactly. Sun's out, buns out. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking about the date, when you just said the 29th of September, um, as a teacher, I made a little mistake and decided to put 29th of the 11th because I'm just so keen for the holidays, the summer come. break to yeah. come around. <laughs> Do you have any holidays planned for the summer break? I think everyone's in that situation where it's do we can we travel? Mm. Where can we travel? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it'll all be a last minute decision. I've actually I'm actually on my three week break at the moment, oh, my term break, and if it lucky. wasn't if there weren't any restrictions, I would be in Turkey right now. What Just, would you be doing right now in this particular moment? In this particular moment, yeah. it is Oh, it's morning there now. It's morning there. I'd probably there. just be waking up or have I have maybe a, have a coffee in oh, my hand and yes. just soaking up the sun because it's beautiful That's, weather now. Yeah. Oh wait, so in Turkey it would be summer, no, spring. It'd just be moving into autumn. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Autumn is my favorite season. My birth is season. That? Yep. Mm-hmm. We're currently in my favorite season. Yeah. Spring. Yeah, of course. So guys, um, you're listening to We Radio with your co-host Bushra and Jose, and we have a special guest today. Um, I'm just going to get right in and introduce our guest to you. So we've got Zahida Popal here with us, and we're going to talk about a number of things, um, particularly our topic of discussion is going to be overcoming prejudice to advocate for the disadvantaged. Um, But she is a lawyer. She is also the president of the Muslim Legal Network. And I'm going to invite Zahida. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys going? We are great. We're so excited. Not bad. How is it down there in Melbourne? So Zahida is from Melbourne, guys, for those who don't know. Yeah, so look, things are starting to get better. Obviously, um, you know, we're still in lockdown, um, but our numbers are starting to drop. So I'm, I'm hoping that sooner rather than later, we'll be out of this lockdown. Yeah. Um, just like the other states in Australia. So that's that's quite promising. Seeing the numbers drop. How how are you? How have you been affected? Are you working from the office? Are you working from home? Are you still working? Yeah, so I've been working from home since March. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite a while now. And, and during that time, I actually resigned from my job and I um, I went on to another opportunity. And wow. I re- yeah, and I remember what my time to change. Saying, I know, that's quite <laughs> ambitious. I love it. Yeah, and I remember them telling me, you know, you're crazy to be um, resigning from your job during a pandemic given, you know, people are losing their jobs left, right and centre. And here you are resigning from a perfectly you know stable stable job to go on to another one but i i thought that um this opportunity potentially won't come again and mm. i think you need it sometimes 
put your trust in God and take your chances. And that's what I did. And how are you feeling about the decision that you made? I I haven't looked back. Excellent. That's exactly what we want to hear. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Wow. I'm just in awe right now because I feel that you probably thought, you know what? I trust myself. I trust my merit. I trust um, I trust God. And why not take that leap of faith? Yeah. And, exactly. And, yeah. and why are we getting into it? So you're saying, is it from one, le- because you do have a legal background. Um, Correct. That's what yeah. Like, yes. So was it from one legal position to another? Correct. Yeah. So I was working at quite a large uh, uh, plaintiff firm for personal injuries, mm-hmm. and then I've I've moved on to a smaller boutique firm. Um, and the reason I did that is because um, when I started off at that bigger firm, I started off actually in reception, and then I I worked my way oh, up, wow. and I was given yeah a solicitor's position there. So that company was all I ever knew in terms of personal injuries yes. and. Um, uh, and I guess the legal industry. So I thought it's probably best that I try and expand my experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a different type of um, organisational setting. That's incredible. So you, I'm assuming because you said you started from reception, you, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that, please correct me if I'm wrong, that you, you know, stepped out of uni and that was the first position or you were kind of working in that position while you were pursuing your correct. education? Yeah, I was in my penultimate year. So I was doing four subjects um, in a semester whilst also working full time. So it was, it was quite a bit. Um, but I'm glad I did it because I've realized that when you are applying for legal jobs, mm. um, although your academic results are quite important, that I find that experience was more important for the employers and, and that's what they were looking at. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to get my foot in the door when I was at uni. I um, definitely agree with that. Because helped me. Yes, yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I think it definitely does apply. It's very important when it, especially in that legal world where it's very competitive. Um, and yes, you've got your credentials in terms of on paper, you look amazing with the results. Um, but at the end of the day, they want to see you work in practice. Um, they want to be able to see that you are able to put yourself out there. How many, you know, job kind of opportunities have you been given um, and how you've performed? Do you, Correct. Zahida, would you recommend that to young, our young and young listeners who may be potentially pursuing that path? Would you Because say, a lot of them are definitely. finishing up with their HSC exams yeah. and if they do pursue definitely. more. And, yeah. and I wouldn't just recommend it purely for my industry. I'd, I'd recommend it for those pursuing other industries as well, whether that be teaching, medicine, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a paid job. Um, I actually completed a clerkship uh, when I was at uni as well, and that, and that really gave me a head start as well, and it shows employers that you are very committed to, um, you what know, you to this industry and yeah. what you do, and you're not necessarily after the money, so I think that's really important. So my recommendation and advice would be if you can get in with you know not for profit organizations or your legal community centers your local ones um then definitely you know try and obtain a clerkship Mm -hmm. through them or do some work experience because that's where you also meet new people and um and and those people then and exactly and they introduce you to others so it's really important that you get your personal brand out there um and try and work on it from the very outset how, how important is networking in the legal industry? I, because 
if I was to speak on, on behalf of financial services, I mean, networking is pretty much the be-all and end-all. Um, I wouldn't say so much for teaching because I'm in teaching at the moment. And um, But I'm just curious, how, how would you describe the legal space? Yeah. From my experience, I found it's been very crucial or um, it gives you that, I guess, advantage over others mm. because when for example um in my company where when they were recruiting or looking for people to hire they'd often ask us if we knew anyone wow. and if we'd put forward their resume so i think um i think it's really important um uh, who you know um in the legal industry which is why it's important you try and you know uh, do some work experience at community legal centers or or you know get in touch with principals of law firms um uh, within your community um, so that you can then form those relationships with them. Yeah. And um, so you're currently in Melbourne. Does that mean you also studied in Melbourne uh, to do a law degree there as well? Correct. So I studied at uh, Deakin University there in the Sydney equivalent of Burwood. So we've actually got a <laughs> suburb in Melbourne called Burwood as well. Oh, oh nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where I studied. Oh, yeah. perfect. And how long was your degree? So mine was a double degree. So I studied a Bachelor of Laws and a Bachelor of Arts in uh, majoring in international relations. And that went for five years. Oh, excellent. And do you think it's important, especially for the legal world, in order to have that double degree um, just there? Wait, not necessarily. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think it's, uh, you know, important or necessary. But where I find it to be um, uh, uh, beneficial for you is where you're looking at potentially um, uh, getting into the government and, um, you know, with like uh, policy making mm. jobs where you're involved in in that policy making and also um, where, where you're involved in, yes. um, uh, you know, international relations or um, with the community and yes. um, m uh, making laws around, you know, uh, things that affect the community. I think that's where it would be important. Um, in my industry, however, um, it's not something that they've, you know, that they've said that you need to have that double degree. Mm. Okay. Can I ask, can we just take a few steps back, um, Zahida? So we've we've sure. just established that, you know, you're really passionate about... Actually, I also want to ask, this is a side question now, um, mm -hmm. how, how are you finding your new position? Have you found your feet? I think I have. I think I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a good um, position now. At the beginning, it's difficult... It, especially if you don't have that experience learning you know a completely different area of law mm -hmm. and then and then trying to because when you are working it's important not only that you know the law but it also that you're in, you're efficient in what you do sure. um so so it's important that you do your homework or you spend some time after work to be looking up the legislation and mm. familiarizing yourself with the processes and sim uh, uh systems so that when it does come to the day of you doing the job, you're not spending so much time mm. looking up the law or familiarising yourself with this system because you're, you're then ready to go and then um, move your matters efficiently or your cases efficiently. Yeah, I like that word, efficient. Yeah, yes, that's and that's true. what yeah. they all have to be, switched on, efficient, proactive, um, knowing that it is not just a nine-to-five job, um, going exactly. home and looking further into your legislation because it's up, we're getting updated every single day. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What was your step I, back I question? I really wanted to take a few steps back and just get mm -hmm. to understand what 
prompted you to actually pursue law? What what was it? Um, what was it? Was there a life changing moment? Was it was you know did you have was did, was it an experience or was it something that you've been wanting to do since you were a child? You know what was the motivating yeah. factor? As as cliche as this may sound, I've actually aspired to be a lawyer since the age of 10. Um, and that's when I witnessed the most, ma- most marginalised people in my community suffer due to limited legal awareness. And I felt that choosing a career in law would give me the necessary qualifications to reach out to people mm-hmm. who needed help. Mm-hmm. So I thought with law, not only have I found a career that allows me to be an advocate for the disadvantaged, but I've also found a career that gives me the space to constantly learn and grow. When you say disadvantaged and marginalised communities, are you focusing on a particular group? Yeah, so so I come from a, a culturally and linguistically diverse background. So my background is Afghan, although I was born here. So so and I, and I'm involved with the community, and so we, so are my parents. So I, I I could see how difficult it was for them to navigate through the legal system without expert guidance. Yes, um, and that and that's what you know prompted me or. Um, really enlivened my passion to be helping these people. Awesome. So you saw a gap there and that, you know, you can really, we can really make do with benefiting. And to be honest, I don't know if this is more of an outsider comment, but whenever I do go to Melbourne, I do notice a stark contrast between the city or, you know, the upper class um, suburbs, let's say, um, compared to the, you know, the surrounding suburbs. So it would have been something you definitely witnessed growing up. Definitely, yeah. And I, and I came from one of those suburbs, those uh, low socioeconomic um, uh, suburbs. So yes. so I, I really saw what it was like. Yes. And does this mean, to access yes. Justice. And does this mean um, since the age of 10, you would have been, say, for instance, year five year six um does this mean from year seven to twelve you worked hard in order to get those results um in order to get into that university degree correct yeah so i i I feel like that everyone always says this about me they're like when you put your mind to something (laughs) um you will make sure you get that i love that i love that yeah it's incredible and it links back to that what you said earlier about efficiency you have to be efficient exactly yeah and and in um, I'm, I'm a practicing uh, Muslim and um, in my faith we're taught to do things with ihsan which means excellence um, and that doesn't necessarily mean in with the things that you do um, you know in your day-to-day activities but also ihsan with the people that you're dealing with as well um, and and when you are a solicitor you know your clients to a large extent they invest their life um, in you or you know you're taking care of a big aspect of their life so it's really important that you do that with excellence beautiful yeah, um, i love perfect. that yeah. i think that's um when you said that word invest um mm-hmm. how i don't know how to word this question it just came to the top of my head um so for me i'm a very i get emotionally attached easily to my students i myself am also a teacher <laughs> um what about you with your clients? Do you also, or do you have to learn to put those emotions aside in order to think straight um, without any emotions involved? So with personal because injuries... you are working with marginalised yeah. communities and I, I honestly, I think every day I would be crying. 
Yeah, it's really important that you do display empathy um, when you are dealing with these clients because they've lost a big aspect of their lives. You'll have clients with a significant back injury or a head injury or clients with amputated fingers and they've been to a very traumatic accident. So it's very important that you display empathy, but at the same time, it's very important that you're very professional and you draw the line between um, being their friend and being their solicitor. Okay, perfect. So that's that's my advice to you. So while you're empathetic at the same time, you have to be professional about it. You have to be very professional because at the end of the day, they are their they are your client they're not your friend um so it's really important for you to be um very professional in your dealings with your clients sure i love that i think that's um that's a really good point that you raise um zahida and i think um just really going back to how you mentioned doing things with excellence um and efficiency yeah and efficiency these are really really important uh traits, traits and, and characteristics that, yeah. and values that we would love to instill in our um, or, or really within our listeners especially about, with yeah. a lot of the young listeners um, out there um, for those who are now coming out of their HSC exams well in well in New South Wales um, and a lot of them want to pursue their law degree just letting them know that um, they have to be able to be efficient um, and put in the hard yards yeah absolutely yeah um, so when you did mention that um, you know you were dealing with these marginalised uh, communities and um, and individuals. I mean, how how was your transition into this space? Um, being a Muslim, a young Muslim um, female, did you ever feel that you were sh- okay? I'm yeah. I I, I really you know. I feel like this. yeah. I think I this really, part really of the topic. I'm I've been very in, like interested in getting to know. So what we'll do is we'll. Get into a break, shall we? And then we'll come back to it. So okay. we will look Bound into yeah. um, being a lawyer, but at the same time being a person of person faith of and also someone who is wearing the hijab. And how that may have shaped um, Zahida's identity. And and I think that's we're going in these times. We're going through. We've we've experienced so much with you know Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And and a lot of um, there's a lot yeah. more um, light Awareness. being shed on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we'll we'll break for a song. Um, you are listening to We Radio with your co-host Bushra and Jose. It is the 29th of September 2020 and we will break for a song along with our ads and we will be right back with Zahida Papal and we will be discussing um, law and, um, and the Muslim legal network. Alrighty, let's break. On a summer evening and it sounds just like a song I want more berries And that summer feeling It's so wonderful and warm Breathe me in Breathe me out I don't Sugar high, water 
Multiple award-winning luxury European jewellery store has the best designs at reasonable prices. Come visit us at Shop 2 Station Road, Auburn, or visit our online store, kikilijewellery.com.au. Two Triple O's station sponsor. Sydney Foot Surgery is run by podiatric surgeons specialising in reconstructive foot and ankle surgery in Sydney. With over 20 years' experience, we are committed to delivering superior clinical outcomes and a positive patient experience through best available care and technology. To make an appointment with Dr. Hyde Ozjan, call 9362 8838. 2 O's station sponsor. Have you been to Goes Lemon King lately? We started our journey 20 years ago and now have nine locations across New South Wales, being Liverpool, Bankstown, Rhodes, Hurstville, Macquarie, Darling Harbour, Topride, City Central and Blacktown. We not only make the best Goes in Sydney, we also offer homemade desserts, rice pudding, kazan dibi and our signature dessert, knefe. Franchising opportunities available. Email us on franchising at gozemeking.com.au. Two Triple O's station sponsor. Want to give the gift of the land down under? Yes! Head to Corpus Souvenirs for all your Australian gifts. Shop 218 Paddy's Market, Haymarket. Mention this ad for a 10% discount. Want to get your tax return done and maximise your tax entitlement? We are here to help you. Arthur Tax and Accounting Services provides a range of excellent accounting services at an affordable price. Arthur Tax and Accounting Services specialises in individual, company, partnership and trust tax returns. Also, we specialise in bookkeeping, small and medium business accounting, 
BAS and IAS lodgement, preparation of financial statements, ASIC-related compliance, and SMSF accounting and compliance. Hurry up, get 20% discount for referral. Terms and conditions apply. For more details, please give us a call on 0423 707 or send us an email to rinku at arthurtax.com.au. That's R-I-N-K-U at arthurtax, A-R-T-H-A, tax.com.au. Arthur Tax and Accounting Services. Our client success is our business. 2 station sponsor. We are back. You are listening to We Radio with your co-host and anchor, Bushra. And Hase. And I'm loving that music transitioning back. Do you if like it? If there was a like, surveillance or whatnot, they would just see me like bobbing my head up and down. <laughs> there is surveillance in here, actually. <laughs> so I, I don't know if they watch. I'm not sure if they're going to be interested in They'll watching They'll be thoroughly us. entertained. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we are continuing... The With, second half of our program. Yes, and I was telling um, Bushra just before we broke into break, I'm like, we need to keep this for after because I know we have a lot to say, a lot of questions to ask, um, and I'm just I'm excited for this segment of this segment. this show. Awesome. What is this segment about? Do you want to give us a debrief? What are we talking about? For those listeners who have just tuned in, um, guys, we have Zahida Papal, who is our guest from Melbourne. Um, she is a lawyer and also the president of the Muslim Legal Network. And we're getting right into what? The discussion about how it is to be a woman of the faith, um, wearing the hijab. Islamic faith. Any um, struggles or obstacles, hardships um, she may have faced um, while she was pursuing her career. Awesome. Zahida? Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. We are back on air. Um, we want to hear right. all about your story. We want to know about how it was to pursue. First and foremost, why don't we, I like taking back steps. Let's you do started it. it. Um, Zahida, <laughs> when did you first put on the hijab? I was 18 when I put it on. Okay. And this would have been just when you, you, you started university? Correct. So my first year of university, I was a visible flag bearer of my religion. Perfect. I love that. That's a really interesting way to describe it. Hey, (laughs) I'm going to steal that. (laughs) How did you How did you find it? How was that transition for you? Did you find any? Did you face any struggles? Um, Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So at university, I was um, one of only a handful of women who observed the hijab. Um, especially, um, I remember in, when I was sitting in my lectures, I was the only visible flag bearer of my religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I started searching for work in the legal field, I discovered that even the most ordinary steps in the process had unexpected wrinkles. Um, and I was worried that essentially my hijab would override my other merits. So I was applying for countless legal jobs and I attended a plethora of interviews only to be knocked back. Um, I recall on one occasion I had an in-person job interview in the city with a recruitment agency mm-hmm. um, after a very promising telephone interview. And it, as soon as I walked into that interview room, I could see the disapproval of 
um, on the interviewer's face as she quickly uh, glanced up and down at what I was wearing, particularly my hijab. And it was then that I was told by her that an interview was no longer required to simply fill out some paperwork and that I would hear from her um, if my application was successful. I didn't hear from her. Um, so, so that's what I found. However, I, I have been taught by my religion that patience and perseverance is in the face of difficulty are traits that believers strive to embody. And so I endured with patience and perseverance. Um, and then I, I, I kept applying, and, and that's when I applied for that administration role in that large plaintiff firm that I worked for whilst I was in my penultimate year of university as a stepping stone. Um, and with, within three weeks of commencing that role, I was actually promoted to a paralegal position. Um, and in 2018, I was accepted into the graduate lawyer traineeship program. Wow, mashallah. Yeah, and then and then I was given my own files and I was admitted to the legal profession um, where I was assisting injured workers get their lives back on track and provide them with a platform to be heard. Um, and, and working for that large plaintiff law firm, so I was working at Shine Lawyers, I was very fortunate to work for a firm that were committed to cultural and religious diversity in the workplace. I didn't have to hide any features of my religious and cultural identity. In fact, I was encouraged to bring my whole self to work. Um, and, and it was truly refreshing and encouraging to be working for such a firm committed to workplace diversity and mm. giving voice to that little guy. Now, the important question is, have you gone back to see this lady and <laughs> asked her, well, not asked her, but told her, look at where I am now? I haven't because... I'm not the type to hold yeah. a grudge. Yeah. Um, so, no, not so more of me, a grudge, but more so telling her that, you know, you've lost such a... An asset. Yeah, an asset. the company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was water off a duck's back. And I find that now, as I'm building my personal brand, especially, you know, on LinkedIn, she's probably uh, seen my uh, profile potentially and, and, and she can see what I'm up to now. And... And for me, um, I'm a, a big firm believer in everything happens for sorry. a reason. And, and we, yeah. I'm terribly sorry. We're just hearing a bit of. Um, can you? No, I think we're good now. We were just having a bit of um, technical difficulty. Technical difficulties. Okay. That's okay. Um, are we good? No, I think it's good. You can continue, Zahida. Sorry. Great. Um, yeah, so like I said, um, I, I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason. Um, and in sorry, Zahida, that I'm terribly sorry. Um, we'll just break for a song. Uh, I'm just going to tackle this hurdle and we will be right back, guys. No worries. Hello, we are back. Sorry to our listeners for that small little hiccup. Zahida? Hello. Okay, awesome. We're good now. 
Um, yep. So awesome. where were we? Um, so we were talking about her, you know, um, you were mentioning how I asked you that question about, you know, she lost a huge asset. Um, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Zahida, basically you were just mentioning how you went through the challenges that um, that some people go through when they um, when they are visible. Exactly. And did that at any stage make you doubt wearing the hijab? Not at all. In fact, it, it made me even um, stronger in my belief because for me, like I said, if, I, if I'm passionate about something, I, I will make sure um, that, I, that I continue with that. And it, it, um, in the past where, where I've, you know, wanted something and, I, and I've, you know, applied for it or I've made um, dua, uh, pray to God, Immediately, I haven't been given that thing, but then later I've been given something better. So yes. I knew that something better was waiting for me, and and if and in fact it was because I I worked for um you know such a great company where like I said I didn't have to hide any features of you know my cultural identity, and I was encouraged to bring that um, to my workplace. So I I find that if I was successful at that initial interview where she had glanced. Um, at me up and down, perhaps I wouldn't be happy in that job because perhaps there wouldn't be that cultural diversity that I was seeking. Mm. So I'm a firm believer of everything happening for a reason. Absolutely. Okay, so Sahida, you are the president of the Muslim Legal Network. Um, can you explain Correct. to our listeners um, what that's about? Yeah, so the Muslim Legal Network um, was founded in 2008 by a group of passionate lawyers and law students who saw the need for a body to address the Australian Muslim community's increasing legal needs. What we do at the Muslim Legal Network is we offer networking opportunities, mentoring, community legal education workshops, legal referral services, um, and internships and volunteering um opportunities i was actually um elected to the president position about two weeks ago and prior oh, to that congratulations thank you and prior to that <laughs> prior to that i was the vice president and basically what our vision is is for a society in which we have the equal access to the mentors and opportunities needed to reach our potential a society in which everyone has equal access to justice and what our mission is, is we want to facilitate and empower a network of Muslim legal professionals and law students to reach their potential. Uh, we want to connect marginalised communities to competent and appropriate legal services and education. And we want to engage with the profession and the community to advance diversity and human rights. So that's our mission and, and that's what I'm hoping to work towards. Wow, that is incredible. What was, what was the driving force to actually, um, I'm not too sure, whether you were a part of the found the founders of this um, community, this social um, space, but um, what what was the the, fa the the reasons behind why um, you know you wanted to form this body? I think the reason for that is because there was that disconnect between um, uh, Muslims or, or the, the youth um, who identified themselves as Muslims mm -hmm. and the profession and. As we know, the legal profession isn't a very diverse profession. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, it's dominated by white males. So we found that there's a need to address that and, and there's a need for a body um, to address the Australian Muslim community's increasing legal needs, especially 
a community where they don't have much access, mm. um, you know, to the uh, to the resources or to the people needed um, that they need to help them. So I think it was to to to sort of build that network right. of law students and um, professionals so that we can tap into the community um, and we can help them. That's incredible. You explain it in such a fantastic manner I, I feel like joining myself <laughs> even though now, speaking about that joining you're yourself yeah. <laughs> now yours is based in Victoria do you have any similar networks in Sydney so we've got the Muslim legal network as well in Sydney and I believe in Ooh. Perth as well um, okay. we don't manage that um, we, we consider them our cousins but they're they're a different um, you know uh, obviously they're run by you know, different, a different bodies, um, yes, different people, but under the, the Muslim Legal Network umbrella. Okay. Do you guys um come together? Do you have like social gatherings or little gala days and you know events um that where you kind of bring that community together to mingle and to network? Is yeah, that how? Yeah. So that... we have the uh, annual iftar dinner. So we've been oh, having I love that. that. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of COVID, COVID we weren't able to have it okay. this year. But we did run some very successful virtual events. Um, so we we ran some networking events. We um, we also uh, worked in collaboration with the Victorian um, Equal Opportunity. Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission, um, and we ran a session on understanding racism. Um, we we ran another session about the Black Lives Matters movement and understanding your rights in in relation to protesting. Mm. Um, so we, although we haven't been able to come together face to face, that hasn't stopped us from being Standing able to engage with our community sure. and our members and volunteers. Love it. Perfect. Um, Zahida, can I um, just go back, um, just moonwalk back into the topic that we were speaking about earlier? I'm going to tie it all together, I promise I'll say. <laughs> um, so with, with just with regards to the racism that you did face um, regarding your faith, did that that repeat itself any any time in the recent um, recent months or in the you know moving forward have you did you ever experience that kind of um, behavior again no I haven't um, and and I've realized that you are dealing with intelligent people who are able to see past that mainstream media of your Muslims mm. and, and who are able to look past the veil to the person um, and I think if you work hard enough and you show them that you know um, merit should be given to the work you do and not you know the, the, what you look like mm -hmm. um, then you're able to get past those obstacles sure. so agreed I and I honestly I haven't experienced any yeah. uh, further racism in my workplace That's after fantastic. that incident on the street or anything like that did you go through any challenges on the, on the street I have I remember um, a lady once said to me go back to where you came from and I think that was following so what happens is when when there is a particular incident um, in the media where where Muslims are you know the, the perpetrators or yeah. they're labeled as the perpetrators mm. I find that that then has start to have a snowball effect and mm. you have you know people in the public then raising uh you know pointing that finger at you mm. um but like i said for me it's water off a duck's back um i just blame that on their their ignorance mm. and 
I don't let that stop me. But it's fantastic to hear that. In fact, I yeah. become more determined to be that physical. It's yeah. But it's fantastic to hear that you're not facing that hostility anymore in the workplace. You know, I just I don't know how whether you've ever experienced that Jose, but I've um I've never actually experienced um any form of racism um, yeah. since I've veiled. I mean, um me you know, neither. I, yeah. I actually haven't. So, mm. you know, I, I can't fully empathise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't I, sympathise. I've just yeah. never full, like experienced what you've experienced in yeah. terms of people um, shutting me down. I, we were mentioning it during the, the song break where prior to my teaching career, I was actually in financial services and I was, I was working in a very... Um, very Anglo-Saxon space where a lot of um, a lot of the clients that I dealt with, a lot of my colleagues were not from an ethnic background, and despite that, I was I, I never actually experienced any form of hostility regarding my faith or my you know my practices. So um, it's it's good to hear the different um, experiences that have come along with. Um, being of a particular faith, definitely, and especially when you are speaking to a young community and just giving them that sense of reassurance mm. like your reassurance um and letting them know that yes you may face small little obstacles but don't allow like don't stop that from you know um, staying true to who you are exactly, and your identity and, and your faith exactly great. how how has this now added to you Zahid? i mean i'm sure we've we've heard about your personality and the fact that you really don't allow these obstacles to bring it you down. It makes you a stronger person, yeah. which I admire and respect so much. How, how do you feel that this is, I mean, if you were to speak out to our listeners who may have had similar experiences or, or who may potentially experience something moving forward, we hope that no one yeah. does. Yes. But if they do, is there anything that you'd recommend um, to our listeners? Yeah, so I would recommend that you reach out um, to the avenues that are available to you. So if you find that you've been a victim of Islamophobia or racism, there's the Islamophobia register. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend um, that they report that incident to the Islamophobia register because they're the only Islamophobia register in Australia um, and they're collecting incidents so, you know, they can um, uh, then draw or commission a report and then that report goes out to relevant um, stakeholders or to the government and that could potentially be um, used for some law reform and also if you find that it's actually a criminal um, act as well so if you've been assaulted at the same a, a, a, I guess a racially motiva- motivated crime um, definitely report it to the police as well and if you find that you're being um, you know discriminated against in the workplace then um the, the Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission, and I'm not sure what the equivalent of that is in Sydney, but it's really important that you report it to them as well because if you find that you've been unfairly dismissed from work, for example, on the basis of your race um, or colour, um, then you've got avenues um, for compensation through that. Excellent. That's Saves definitely our reassuring. Guest, yep. of, guest who is all who is a lawyer. So um, <laughs> that comes from a very special place. Thank you so much for that. Um, and that now, Zahida, I want to know because you have come such a long way from you know going and doing your double degree at the university, and now look at you um, fighting for those who are part of marginalised communities. Mm-hmm. Where do I see Zahida in five years' time? 
um, my my supervisor actually um, joked with me. So when I became uh, do I see I you do do I see you on the panel of like UNICEF? Prime Minister, so I'm I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Love it. That's <laughs> I think um, I can definitely picture you on the panel of UNICEF helping um, the marginalised communities around the globe. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping to do that because I think it's really important that um, you are proactive, especially when you're um, champion, championing um, diversity and and call, calling for an equal, um, you know. Uh, level playing field for women and also people of culture so it's really important that you are a catalyst for change and also that you help um uh you know those who are coming up behind you as well so yes you know the and visible flag bearers yeah and i know women and also the boys as well perfect that's excellent and, and i know i'm i'm sidetracking a little um but i'm basing it off a lot of the young people in our community um when i did mention that unicef and on the panel and you did say how that's something that you would love to do um how's the family support um being a young woman and do they support and encourage you to go out there and do what you do do what you do yeah so my, my family particularly my parents they've been the backbone of my legal career um especially with um so my parents actually arrived in australia in 1988 to seek a life of peace security and certainty for their children after fleeing the soviet war in afghanistan and jose you might know about this yes. as well um and they arrived in australia with a rudimentary knowledge of the english language but they threw themselves into work in order to build the future they envisioned for their family and for my dad that meant living leaving his life as an incredibly educated community leader and political advocate for human rights and instead settling for a low-level labor job to pave the way of endless opportunities for my siblings and i um so having regard to that, that that again um really motivates me to keep going because i really want to make them proud and so far they, they are proud um and i only hope to make them even more proud i love this so much hearing your story is just so inspiring and it's also very um a lot of people can connect with it as well it's so I, think, raw. I think so as well yeah it's beautiful it's so raw and like you said Hossa, actually it's a very good point um a lot of our listeners can connect to it and even if you can't you can hear that passion through her voice and the energy that she has really brought to this episode um i i really want to know your opinion your both your professional and your personal opinion regarding racism and whether you see that improve in the future i mean do you feel that this is the worst that it gets with with regards to the black lives matter protests and you know just islamophobia and all of all of the stuff that the horrible stuff that we hear on the news do you think it'll get any worse than this or and the you... stuff that we don't hear in the news but are still happening around yeah, the globe exactly or do you yeah. feel that this is the worst and we really can't get any any you know can't get or it's something that is just going to be embedded in human society for the rest of our lives what are your opinions around I, I think around we're that? definitely, I think we have a lot of work to do um, still, but I think we're definitely moving um, in the right direction, at least in the in the legal profession. Um, however, I, I know in, in the public space, COVID-19 has caused a disturbing rise in racism against Asian Australians, um, while the US Black Lives Matter movement has shown a light on the continued injustices and in inequalities experienced by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in our society. So 
I don't know if I can speak much to the public sphere, but definitely in the legal profession, I think we are moving in the right direction. But like I said, there is a lot of um, work to, to still do in that profession, but I think organisations are now taking a proactive approach um, in respect to diversity and inclusion, and I think everyone's got a part to play. Um, so there's a, there's a quote that um, I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but when I was um, first introduced the idea of becoming the president of the Muslim Legal Network, I was initially reluctant to accept it. And the reason for that is because I thought I simply can't do justice to such a significant um, responsibility. Um, and, and I wasn't sure whether, you know, I, I, I, can, I can do it to the best of my ability. But then there, there was a quote that I read um, by a talented author called Sumeya Sadiq Ojibara, and she said, you have got to do the work. You cannot get to say, I believe, then say, still, I do not achieve when you do not do the work, when instead you walk about on a high, deceived by your racing heart, running on the fumes of a dream. Work like a winner whose heart races from the exertion of mind and muscle over matter and rises in celebration of rewards for all of the work they did, no matter all they had to do to believe and achieve their dreams. So do the work. And, and, and that's what really resonated with me. And I said, well, if, if I really want to be that change and if I really want to work towards um, eradic eradicating Islamophobia or racism, at least in the legal profession, then I need to do the work. That's so. perfect. Honestly, I'm just speechless. I was We're just, both just looking yeah. at each other and smiling in <laughs> and just nodding to each yeah. other. Only there was a camera right now in the <laughs> studio room because I was just like listening word by word. That's just on a beautiful. You need yeah. you need to send that through to me. Yeah, I, I love it. Sure. And I think um, what you've mentioned, you're really embodying what you know. When when I initially, um, you're you're pretty much walking the talk. Is that the expression <laughs> where it's, do you know when somebody has that passion, you can see it, you can feel yeah, it, you can, you can feel smell it. it you can I feel like you're, all, yeah. you're in the studio with us, but you're all the way back in Melbourne. <laughs> Thank you but, so much. Yeah. And you're very fine. She's embodying that. Yeah. She's yeah. really embracing and embodying. And I hope, I hope we have a lot of young listeners here that even if it's a legal world or something similar and they just kind of use this as inspiration, as a sense of like hope that... There is a way as long as you put that efficient work um, that you just said and mentioned, um, it can take you places. It can take you. So, um, Zahida, just before we do, we, we're coming to an end of such a fantastic program. We'll and I just... think we need to do part two. Yes, I would love to do <laughs> part two. I'll do part two, but definitely in five I'm years' time, I want to do it. I definitely do want to do a segment in five years' time <laughs> to see if um, UNICEF, uh, we see a panelist, is Zahida. Um, Zahida, I just want to know though, so you're so busy with um, with work and I'm assume, well, we've, we can only assume that a legal um, a, a work in working in your profession is not a nine to five gig. It's obviously much longer than that, and there's a lot of Correct. investment that you need to, and there's a lot of um, a lot of yourself that you need to obviously invest into this um, this career. However, in times where you're not working or you're not on the Muslim Legal Network panel, you're not preparing for any of that stuff. What do you do? What's a Zahida on a Saturday? You know, out and about. What does she do? I spend time with my family. My my my family, like I said, um, 
you know, my, my pride and joy. We're a very close-knit family, so um, when I'm not, you know, uh, working or um, when I'm not doing things with the Muslim Legal Network, then I spend a lot of time with my family. I've got siblings and I've recently gotten married. It's been almost a year since I've been married. Congratulations. So I've away from my parents. So I make a very conscious effort to be spending a lot of as much time as I can with them. That mm. is incredible. Wow. Congratulations, Zahid. I'm, I'm so, you. so happy to hear that. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, wow. So I'm assuming your husband is very supportive with you pursuing and standing on your own two feet because you seem like a very independent strong woman. Independent yeah, strong woman. and independent yes. woman. And we love empowering. I just had a fist pop moment. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I remember reading a quote, and I, I think that can't describe him any better. It says, um, a soulmate isn't someone who completes you. In fact, a soulmate is someone who inspires you to complete yourself. Wow. And, and that's what he does. Wow. So, Zahida. And I think he's listening, incredible. so if you are, hello. Oh, where is he? We want to give you a round of applause, Mr. Popal. Where is he? That is awesome. So, um, we look, I think it's just as important. It takes two to tango. I think having supportive partners, whether you are, you know, whether you have a partner or not, it's it's great to see that um, our young community out there are and working. Also, in I would unison. like to mention how you are still, you know, soldiering on. Um, despite the fact that you are married because a lot of you know young women when they do get married they tend to forget about their occupation and about themselves but it's great to see that you are still aspiring to become a better Version lawyer yeah and better lawyer each day so that's fantastic and like I said before and I'm going to keep saying it it's a it's an inspiration mm. it's definitely Thank something you. that Thank people so can much. yeah look into and um, look into your story and be inspired to embark on a similar journey so i think we'll leave it at that on a high can you repeat that quote one more time i'm, I'm i love it the soulmate one. yeah yeah so it says that a, a soulmate isn't one who completes you know a soulmate is someone who inspires you to complete yourself yes i'll complete your busher <laughs> <laughs> i love that yes i'm totally down for that guys you just listened to zahida popal um, am I pronouncing that surname correctly? I'm, you are. Yeah? Okay, great. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on board and speaking to us. Thank you very much us. for having me. I, I hope it was a fruitful uh, Oh, definitely. We are all smiles in the studio. Yes. Wish you, you were here with us, but we you can feel your presence. Yes, we totally can. Guys, you just listened to Zahida Papal. Um, I just want to kindly remind everyone that, yes, we are a podcast and our podcast is available on all major podcast providers and we will be uploading this episode alongside a few of our previous episodes um, so stay tuned guys um, we are affiliated with the voice of turkey um, this is we radio and you've just listened to another tuesday episode it's the 29th of september 2020 and we will see you guys back in the studio next tuesday stay tuned for all our other programs that are available from Five till six on the weekdays and from four till six on the Saturday. Um, thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. And I hope you all have a great night. See you, Zahida. Thank you. Bye, Zahida.
ne selam gelir oldu yoksa yerim mi doldu yoluna ekteyim sevgi çiçeklerim unutulup mu soldu hani kader bizi ayırsa da bir gün kalpler bir olacaktı yoksa gurbetin oyalan kucakları seni de mi Pabucunu da ayda yılda bir olsa da muhakkak aram azıcık zamanından ayırda öldün mü kaldın mı diye sorar sıram adımı kalbine yaz beni unutma ayda yılda bir olsa da muhakkak aram azıcık zamanından ayırda öldün mü kaldın mı diye sorar sıram. Bugün o yüzüne gülen dost sandıkların yarın da yanında olacak mı? İyi günde ne ala kötü günde firarda. Sızlamayacak mı? Öyleyse sımsıkın sarıl kendine Üzünden başka yola sapma Seni gönülden sevenin El üstünde tut emin hatırla 